Postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1, P3E4N1. A new world order that bypassed most people as you lived through it, that bypassed them. Beautiful technique where you're kept, um, you're kept really in trivia. And you're almost drugged with certain medias in certain times of the past, like the 70s and 80s, where most folk, for most folk, nothing really much happened. They're allowed to consume and they were getting more of their paycheck than they are now. And during that time, that's when the big boys were really moving and getting their big organizations into full gear for the present, what's coming up now and shortly. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through Matrix. Just mentioning how the big plan works. You know, it's not difficult to see because if you go into the writings of Beria, who was the top NKVD official for the entire Soviet Union at one point, that became the KGB, and back in the 30s, he put out their kind of plan on how they could alter society uh, through scientific means and update them, update them, program them towards something else every five years. He said it used to take them 70 years, a whole generation, a complete generation to do any, any change at all because people were resistant to change. But by the time that he was in office in the Soviet Union, they, they were putting through children through Pavlovian-style schools and they could literally indoctrinate them by increments uh, into more acceptance of particular issues every five years. And he said it would become even faster and faster as science improves, as, as the techniques improve. Well, we're literally updated by the day. And you'll find the same techniques were used by, by um, the educators in the United States and across Europe. It's all the same system, by the way. And if you go into the writings of Bertrand Russell, he also, he, he knew Pavlov, as did H.G. Wells, uh, they use the same systems, and Russell said we can actually indoctrinate the children so well scientifically if, uh, with this technique. He said that any parental inputs on morality, old-fashioned ideas, whatever, they call it contaminated thinking, uh, would not take with the child because their scientific indoctrination would overpower it, overcome it. And literally when you have children going into kindergarten, uh, at two years of age, say, uh, they're getting a little bit more into the globalist agenda, and with all that goes with it, by the way, that's the transgender, all that kind of stuff, gets started right at the bat until they're getting prepared for the big changes that'll happen when they hit about 20 or 30, and they'll accept them as though it's all quite natural. That's scientific indoctrination for future planning, uh, refined by the Soviet system, and actually more refined now by the collective world Soviet society run by the same boys who set up the Soviet Union, the big bankers and the aristocracy of the West. And what a, a, a hell they're bringing down, really. People don't realize the hell they're bringing down. They've been doing it for quite some time. As I say, in the 70s and 80s, they gave people this credit card era where they threw credit cards, every company threw credit cards in the mail out to, to everybody. 
and told them to go and play and enjoy themselves. And that's what they did. They went and partied and played and bought stuff. Uh, the real consumer society. But again, who was giving them this? Was, the bankers were giving them this. The same boys who are now telling you that we've got to go into sustainability and less consumerism. Same people. What was the intent of it? Just to spoil you? No. It was to keep you playing while the big forces, the, the organizations with their NGOs were moving ahead and intermeshing and, and spreading out across the planet into every area of government and social policy-making uh, areas, uh, right down to even social uh, groups and, and hobby groups and, and everything, through everything, like cancer. That's what they were doing. And nobody noticed because they were too busy playing. And the media did their part by keeping quiet about these organizations. Now, of course, they're bringing them to the front because it's a done deal. Actually, that part's over. See, it's a done deal. We're in a new type of society, and this is the new Soviet. It's the new world Soviet. They're ruled by councils, which is non-governmental organizations and councils, uh, unelected by the public, put out by the parallel governments of the foundations that are owned and run by the big international banking families. A long history behind it, as I say. And as I mentioned last night that uh, all you saw at the, the, the globalist meeting recently, the, the G20, uh, was, that, was a term over and over, uh, global leaders, global leaders, not, not national leaders, global leaders. So every national leader is now a global leader, and uh, that's, that's, that's to see what feedback there will be. There will be very little amongst the public at all who don't notice the changes. They actually pilot them themselves without thinking, uh, but it's really to help to um, fix their indoctrination, to fix it more securely, more concretely in their minds that everything is global now. And we think globally. And these national leaders are over at their meetings, the United Nations after that, um, talking about their worries about Uganda and different places like that. And the last place they talk about is their, their home countries, where unemployment is going through the roof. Because now, you see, we're supposed to think of the whole planet and everyone else's problems. And don't you believe for a minute when you bring in some kind of equal utopia? They will bring a utopia in. They always talk about utopias. I mentioned that site the other couple of nights ago from Ralph Nader, with his new book, Only the Rich Can Save Us. The exact agenda the elite planned where they bring in the wise men, you know, the big philanthropists. And they'll say, look, democracy hasn't worked. It's full of corruption and awful stuff like that which they've made sure to let us know about over the last few years. And these philanthropists that have nothing to gain because they're stinking rich, they don't need any more, uh, are just out now to help the world and run it for us. That was always the plan in the first place. Post-democratic plan, you see. And that part of the plan was planned a long, long time ago before people even had democracy. Democracy was a useful tool for a while. But the hell they're bringing in is one of total observation. And I can remember after 9-11 uh, when all the countries went into action with the same plan at the same time because they'd all agreed on it long, long before, <laughs> obviously. And they talked about total information network. And people would call me up on the phone and say things that perhaps shouldn't say. And I'd say, well, you know, you, you know they're monitoring all the phone calls. And, and they still really couldn't quite believe 
that they they were doing it. And I'd say to them, what do you think total information network means? Total information network. And it it meant all faxes, all phone calls, all everything. They've been at this for a long time. But it's not enough, you see. Here's an article from The Telegraph. It's from the 19th of September, 2009. It says, uh, the economic union, this great uh, non-democratic uh, super-government, is EU funding Orwellian artificial intelligence plan to monitor public for abnormal behavior. The European Union is spending millions of pounds developing Orwellian technologies designed to scour the Internet and the closed-circuit television cameras and images for abnormal behavior. Now, I said years ago, and I read the article from Psychology Today, American Psychology Association, and back in the 70s, I think they said that they would eventually push to have cameras in everyone's homes to monitor people for signs of a possible coming aggression. You think they're just coming out with this now? You don't realize there's always been a parallel government all through our lives and before we were born. And they use the big, uh, the big professions, especially in the behavioral professions, psychology, psychiatry. In fact, psychiatry is born out of Darwinism, born out of it. And they're all in bed with the geneticists now, too, talking about bad genes, etc. Anyway, this says here, the five-year research program called Project Indect aims to prevent or to develop, develop a computer program which acts as agents or an agent to monitor and process information from websites, discussion forums, file servers, peer-to-peer networks, and even individual computers. Now, this is already up. And whenever they tell you they're working on something, and I've found this all my life long, it says to be true, they've already done it. This is like them getting used to the idea and then sit back and watch to see what kind of feedback they get. They already do that. They don't need permission from us for anything. So they don't wait for it. Its main objectives include the automatic detection of threats and abnormal behavior or violence. This is the Project Index, which received nearly £10 million in funding as a start, of course, from the European Union, involves the police service of Northern Ireland and computer scientists at York University, in addition to colleagues in nine other European countries. Shami Chakrabarti, a director of Human Rights Group Liberty, described the introduction of such mass surveillance techniques as a sinister step for any country, adding that it was positively chilling on a European scale. The index research, which began this year, comes as the EU is pressing ahead with an expansion of its role in fighting crime terrorism, uh and managing migration, increasing its budget in these areas by 13.5% to nearly £900 million. Isn't it odd that we've all been bankrupted, and yet they're throwing more money than ever at Big Pharma, at the military-industrial complex for all their high-tech weaponry, for crowd control and non-lethal weaponry, and a few neutron bombs that they want to put on flash mobs down the road, and stuff like that. No no problem with money from the taxpayer. Getting back, it says the European Commission is calling for a common culture. A common culture, you see. I can remember when they came out with the, the economic uh, 
commission, and it's all to do with trade. And it, and it was signed right there. They said, oh, your cultures will remain, will remain the same. You'll all still be sovereign and independent. It's just a trading thing. And they lied their, their teeth off year after year. It didn't matter which politician was in his, uh, put in at the top or what party. <clears throat> so it says, there comes a common culture of law enforcement to be developed across the EU and for a third of police officers, more than 50,000 in the UK alone, to be given training in European affairs within the next five years. Now remember, this is the prototype for the US and America, uh, Canada and Mexico and the rest of Latin America to follow. That's why I'm reading this stuff. Britain always is at first. We do it a year or so later. Back with more after this break. through the matrix, the totalitarian matrix that truly uh, is on a rampage, they knew they'd have to really push it quickly towards the end of this phase of it, while the public are shell-shocked and in shock and awe with all the, the, the farcical terrors that are all coming down. But uh, that's why they're pushing it now, to bring us into... They're not messing around anymore. They don't want our cooperation anymore. They don't want us to, to willingly cooperate and go along because, uh, they're, 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 because they're giving out so much propaganda through novels and movies. That's how we get our ideas from. That's how it happened in the past. Even H.G. Wells said towards the end of his life that we novelists have helped shape society, the, the world's to come, a planned society. Uh, anybody says too slow. We have to. Uh, we don't want just to get the cooperation. We've got to push them now. We've got to push them. See, they have a timetable here, and they love their timetables. So they're coming out now and just pushing things ahead and disregarding the general public altogether. And it says here in this article. It says, the, according to the Open Europe think tank, the increased emphasis on cooperation and sharing intelligence means that European forces uh, are likely to gain access to sensitive information held by UK police, including the British DNA database. Now, that's an abomination by itself because the DNA database has thousands of people on it and youngsters, too, that weren't even charged with anything. And the cops said they'd take it off it and, and lied, of course, but keep it on. Uh, they lie about everything these days. After all, it's just the public they're lying to. It says it also expects the number of UK citizens extradited under the controversial European arrest warrant to triple. We listen to all conversations. Stephen Booth, an open Europe analyst who has helped compile a dossier on the European justice agenda, said these developments and projects such as INDECT or INDECT sounded Orwellian and raised serious questions about individual liberty. Well, of course they do. What are you going to do about it? Do you realize you'd have to dismantle the whole system? If you don't dismantle it, it's still going to be there, right? And if it's still going to be there, it's just going to keep rolling over you. What's your options? Just complain about them. This is all pretty scary stuff in my book. These projects would involve a huge invasion of privacy, and citizens need to ask themselves whether the EU should be spending their tax dollars on them, he said. The EU lacks sufficient checks and balances, and there is no evidence that anyone has ever asked, is 
this actually in the best interests of our citizens? Well, it's post-democratic. It literally is almost a secret society at the top. It literally is. This Chakrabarti says, profiling whole populations instead of monitoring individual suspects is a sinister step in any society. No kidding. Remember these, these articles that I read, I put up on my website, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, at the end of the show. So you look them up for yourself and read all the rest of the stuff that I don't read about them. It's, it's astonishing, though, but here's another one, too, about Europe. And Europe, is, the, as I say, is the premier for the rest of us to follow now. We've all the um, amalgamate to America's next. We're that's underway. We've got one more signature to go uh, in 2010, and the Canada and the U.S., Mexico, and a whole bunch of them down in Latin America are all amalgamated under the one system. That was announced on Canadian Broadcasting Corporation television, owned by the government, that's a government station, in 2005 with the first open uh, signing for the amalgamation of the Americas. 2010 is the last one. And they're going to bring all, and they're already doing it, they're doing all the invasive stuff here too. Why, why wait for laws to get passed to allow them to do it? Just go ahead and do what they want now anyway. The public don't mind, the majority of the public don't mind. They're still playing and watching American Idol. This article here is from the Register Euro Project to arrest us for what they think we will do. This is called pre-arrest. Remember that came up with the anti-terrorism bill? 23rd September 2009. Radical think tank called Open Europe has this week exposed a study by the EU that could lead to a creation of a massive cross-Europe database amassing vast amounts of personal data on every single citizen in the EU. The The scope of the project also reveals a growing governmental preference for systems capable of locking people up not for what they have done, but for what they might do. Open Europe researcher Stephen Booth has been reviewing projects currently in receipt of EU funding. Last week he identified one of these called Project as the index, the one I just mentioned, as having potentially far-reaching effects for anyone living or working in Europe. The main objectives of the report, according to its website, and the link for the website is on this page, to develop a platform for the registration and exchange of operational data Acquisition of multimedia content, intelligent processing of all information, and automatic detection of threats and recognition of abnormal behavior or violence. To develop the prototype of an integrated network-centric system supporting the operational activities of police officers. You're now going to be trained, you have to be trained and train yourself to have a complete blank expression when you're passing all these cameras. If someone mugs you and runs off with your wallet, learn to to quietly smile, quietly smile as though you just downed some heavy tranquilizers, and uh, and be happy looking, you know. And so what attitude? Otherwise, they might drag you in. You're going to get aggressive and angry, and who knows what you might do? They'll have to arrest you before you do. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
through the matrix. Reading about the totalitarian system that we're living through as they set it all up and uh, expand it to, into other areas of more totalitarianism. You see, in a totalitarian society, every individual must be utterly predictable. If you're not predictable, you're not safe, according to the big boys. That's why they've been monitoring all your cell phone calls, who you chat to, what interest you have with them, what clubs you belong to. They must have all the data about you. And remember the Pentagon article I read last year, the Pentagon had uh, a, a sort of um, artificial world set up with computers, with, with a, a, a little clone of you in there somewhere, with your personality and, and what you do on a Monday, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that type of stuff. They're constantly feeding this data into these computers. And this goes on about that, too. As Stephen Booth added, the problem with the EU funding these types of projects is a lack of accountability. Citizens are left completely in the dark as to who has approved them, and there's no way to ensure that civil liberties are being duly respected. There's an absence of any political debate about the use of these new surveillance technologies. Well, sure, because the ones who decide all this are the parallel government, the ones who are real, the ones we don't elect. They're not accountable to the public, and they just tell uh, the cops and the spooks what to do. Says, However, the idea of punishing potential criminals is not just an EU notion. As Elridge reported last year, the Home Office has certainly considered the use of automated profiling to check travellers at points of entry to the UK. This has been controversial because of the veiled racism applied by such a policy, as well as evidence provided to the Home Office that it might not actually work. Well, they don't care if it works, they just want data. However, the vetting database, which is due to go live later this year, will take decisions on whether people are fit to work in millions of regulated positions on the basis of scoring a scoring system designed to predict likelihood to offend. This is all combined, too, with the old eugenics psychologist association where they went into, uh, is it a gene that causes people to become criminal? Now, think about it. We're all criminals. You've broken so many laws just walking out of the house. You didn't know it. At same as the Soviet Union. But if they ever want you, they'll get you on something. That's why they put so many laws on the books. And so we're all, all potential criminals, but they can make anything a criminal offence, anything at all. Technically, when you didn't hand your gold in, when FDR told everybody in the, in the 30s to hand all their gold in to the feds because of the depression, if you, if you didn't hand your gold in, technically you were a criminal. So, you see, you can become a criminal overnight. What you did yesterday, which was legal, can be illegal tomorrow. At the demon whim of our masters. And this is what this is about, too. Predictive models in society appear to be carrying on a pace with very little public debate as to how desirable they are or how the state should compensate citizens where mistakes occur. Well, it'll be just like the movie Brazil. They come and kill the wrong guy because of a typo error and then they spend the rest of the movie trying to cover their tracks. That's what they do in government. No kidding, that's what they do. Quite something. And I really under <laughs> you understand if you were brought up in Britain in a socialist system, it doesn't matter what party's in. Everywhere you go in, in towns and cities, all you see is ministry of this, ministry of that, all government departments, ministries. 
It was like the Soviet Union. In fact, that's what they used to, to model the Soviet Union on, I'm certain of it. That's why they, they, they beat the people down through years and years of uncertainty, depression, all the rest of it, economic depression, joblessness. Uh, crowd them all together in the cities, open the floodgates to immigration to totally destroy the culture of what's left of it. That, that was the intention of it, to bring in a world society, you must destroy nationalism altogether. That was stated right at the League of Nations when they set it up. And the United Nations too. So here's how far that, this is why they accept so much in Britain. It's, it's like decrees coming down from on high. You don't know who's up there on the high hill. The, de- the decree just sort of filters down to you. The, the little amoebas at the bottom, the people. The Mail Online has an article, September the 11th, 2009. Ministers, ministers who call the politicians, the ministers, use uh, Soham murders, like I said, a bunch of murders in London or England somewhere, to justify placing one in four Britons on a Big Brother child protection database. The Children's Minister claim today that millions... See, all you need to see is commissariat. Yeah. Same thing. Claim today that millions of Britons must be placed on a new Big Brother-style child protection database to stop a repeat of the Soham murders. Remember I mentioned the other day about how the Soviet communist system, collectivism, one person shoots someone somewhere uh, across the other side of the country and collectively you're all punished to take your, your firearms from everybody. You can't... No one can protect themselves now. Well, that, this is what you see in socialist systems so some murders occur and everyone suffers under the plan parents could find, find, face a £5,000 fine for driving their children's friends to a sports club event or cub scout meeting if they've not been vetted first by the massive new government agency boy for <clears throat> countries that are broke they keep they, these cancerous federal bureaucracies are just uh, expanding like crazy So you've got to get vetted by a new government agency. An astonishing 11.3 million people, one adult in four, are likely to come under the watchful eye of the Independent Safeguarding Authority. This is beyond Orwell. It says here, Launched next month, it will be the biggest vetting and clearing system in the world. Every person who comes into regular contact with children or the elderly through work or volunteering must be approved by ISA officials checking for criminal convictions, disciplinary action, and even unproven allegations. Amazingly, the scheme was recommended by Bichard Report, the Bichard Report into the Soham murders of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman by school caretaker Ian Huntley. Huntley was given a job because allegations of sex with underage girls were not passed on. Child Protection Minister Baroness Morgan <laughs> said the new database would help avoid another Soham. So, so here you have 11.5 million people must get checked now because of one murderer. The new vetting and barring scheme that's come into place is not about regulating agreements between parents in their own homes, yeah, I'll put it yet, or running children to and from clubs. It's about ensuring that people in a position of trust an organization who works frequently and intensively with children are safe to do so. I advocate we should put all the politicians in this, and these they're supposed to be in positions of trust, aren't they? And you know what they're all about, too. Boy, if you want some deviance, you have no, no end of them in there. And crooks. So 
you, they always use children, remember, to introduce something that's applied on everyone. Because these guys are the guys buying abortions. They don't want us all around. They don't really like children. But they always use children. All the time. Ultimately, safeguarding children is this government's priority. And we must move forward because if we had a repeat of events like Soham, then I think we would quite rightly be asked why we didn't do more, she said. The plan goes way beyond the current criminal records bureau system, which covers only 6 million people. For the first time, 300,000 school governors, dinner ladies and parents who visit schools or nurseries to read to children will be involved. It will even apply to parents who, at the request of organizations like junior football teams or the guides, give their children's friends lifts to or from events. Remember the whole idea, too, was to split up the family. Remember that? Split up the generations. Get them all paranoid of each other. They first started that with all the dads. If a dad now uh, holds his, his, his girl's hand, his little girl's hand, or lifts her up for a hug, You've got all these children's age. Look, oh, is, he, is, he, is, he, is he touching her up? Is he touching her? Is that what, I, that's what they see. That's what these guys see with their brainwashing. So dads are scared to touch their children at all. That was all intentional. <laughs> Believe you me, that's all intentional. She says, if they do so without first being vetted by the ISA's 200 staff, we find up to £5,000 and given a criminal record. There you go. So if you do any of that, like give someone a lift for, say, your next-door neighbor's uh, children without being, even if you give permission by, by the parents, without being vetted by the ISA's staff, 200 staff, you'd be fined up to £5,000 and given a criminal record. Amazing, eh? But not really. See, anything goes now. You're really, really in the world of Big Brother. You know, where the scientific elite have the right to dictate our lives for, lives for us because we're just dumb, too dumb and stupid to, to decide for ourselves how to live you see isn't that what the Huxley said that there's going to be a dictatorship it would, it would be far better to have a scientific dictatorship even though a scientific dictatorship they said would be absolutely brutal well hello scientific dictatorship <coughs> working on behalf of the wise men, you know, the philanthropists that know how to run the world best. The benevolent dictator types. Quite something. And in the Wise Up Journal on the 25th of the 9th, 2009, there's an article here about the, the economic union. And this is what this next big vote's all about. It, it's to, if it goes ahead uh, with, with the post-Lisbon Treaty, it establishes the union as a corporate entity in a legal, legal sense, literally that no one can touch because its top departments are utterly secret. Secret. No democracy in it anywhere whatsoever. The members of the European Parliament have no rights at all to, to even put votes forward to, to, for new laws. They can comment on laws that come down from the top, but they have nothing to do. They, they can't even change them. They're there for show. Show, that's all. And eventually they'll do away with them too. They won't need them once the public accept they're being ruled by a form of dictatorship. Which is going to come pretty soon. It says here, 
Article 1 of the TEU of the Lisbon Treaty shows that a new union will be established if this thing goes ahead for yes. The the word community has been removed. The communities are dissolved. It says, uh, and then it shows you the wording, the legal wording to make it into an actual corporate entity. Article 47 of the TEU of the Lisbon Treaty gives the new federal union state the authority to make commitments by itself have legal personality, that's very important you see, never had that before it states the union shall have legal personality the European community called the EU never had legal personality prior to it, a new union would have a seat at the UN for the first time, so have a, it's almost like a new country, this, in this collection of states, this new Soviet in fact it is a Soviet, many of the Soviet leaders now, and ex-Soviet leaders are actually saying this is the new Soviet and it is Gorbachev, when Gorbachev was leaving office, and I think it was Eric Margolis, the Toronto Sun at the time, the foreign correspondent, that wrote an article, and he gave us the speech that Gorbachev gave to the Politburo, and the up-and-coming young commies, and he said uh, that uh, you'll hear shortly that communism is dead. Don't believe it. And then he went on to expound and extrapolate what the next step would be, how they're moving now into the next phase the well, next phase was always to join with the West because the bankers of the West had funded the Soviets from the beginning, including the revolutions. And that's what the Rees Commission was all about, too. It shot Norman Dodge to find out the purpose of the big philanthropic organizations, as he was told from the CEOs of them, was to change the culture in the West so much, especially in America, that they could then blend it with that of the Soviet Union. Well, voila, folks, it's happened. It's happened. That's the reality of the world you live in. Now, <clears throat> I've mentioned before about how people are always given that they're, they're heroes. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of heroes out there that are lifted up into the limelight for the public to see, like Jacques Cousteau, the man who liked fishes, and uh, well-funded, again, by the big foundations. And Jacques Cousteau gave his, his talk about what he really was all about, and that was pushing for depopulation of humans across the world. They gave that interview in, uh, I don't know, if it's uh, Chatamain, they call it or something, Mag- one of the magazines anyway. And he even had a figure to what the human population should be reduced to. See, they're all really ecologists. They get you on board by, by being involved in nature and the world, and it's all wonderful, and then they're really pushing for your demise. They're all elitist to top of eugenicists who believe they belong to the higher scientific community and all the lesser type have not evolved, these are the ones they must start killing off. And they've been doing it, by the way. They have been killing us off for a long time through different diseases and cancers and injections and all the rest of it. And we all know about Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall was at Sudbury, of all places, uh, giving a talk there about uh, how wonderful it was that they started to green Sudbury again. Because at one time with the two main chimneys from the mines there, uh, the, nothing grew when Rothschild openly exploited it. And um, then they reseeded it from the air uh, by firing pellets uh, of seeds into the ground all over the place. They raised the towers much higher, so the pollution uh, of uh, probably still Rothschild-owned corporations blows all the way to North Bay. We don't get it here now. So they get the cancer over that way. Uh, but just on about how wonderful and green it was, and it was a, it was a, a commitment for all, for young people to help 
green the world, green the world. And so she's a great, great person who loves hairy animals and things like that. Uh, but you don't know what which is really, really all about, do you? Now, the Optimum Population Trust, look into it on Wikipedia. I'll put the link up for you. There's another organization she belongs to. She belongs to the Optimum Population Trust. You know, the guys who have stated openly, we've got to reduce the population, and they even admit they're a bunch of rich uh, white people, old white people, and it's all the lesser types they want to start to depopulate. Well, James, Jane Goodall, the, the, the person who loves to dance with apes, um, is one of their people too. And she's also friends with, with Tobias, another guy too, Michael the, Tobias, and other ones on family planning, who, who praises in his own books the, the China's one state policy, one, one uh, child policy for the world. And, uh, and that she's involved with him too, etc. That's what they're really all about, you see. First you make them famous, throw them off the track by how they're made famous, or they're just like animals and fishes and stuff like that. And here they are going around the world talking to organizations on their behalf of depopulating, you know, all of us. I've never seen one of them ever volunteer to show by example where we should all go. And they won't because they are the evolved scientific elite, you see. That's why. Don't hold your breath. Jane Goodall. And there's far more organizations she belongs to. These are some of them I'm mentioning of the more better-known depopulation associations and um, radical forced abortions, etc. That's what they're pushing. Back with more after this break. Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, just pointing out that life is never really what you think it is, and now are the big heroes that they give to you for to follow, the ones who talk to your children throughout the schools, and mentioning how Jane Goodall is a member of various societies for radical depopulation of humans, and here she is going around the schools, talking about the furry animals and how children can change society, children can change society, same thing as Al Gore, but who she knows very well, by the way, and there's an article in the Northern Life newspaper, September the 24th, up my way, Sudbury. That's quite something. And she says, Goodall inspires youth to move mountains. Well, I think that would upset the environment, actually. You know, moving mountains, to be honest, that's quite something. But no one's going to criticize her. And then another acquaintance of hers and others, you'll find uh, Paul Holdren's good buddy that he wrote books with about ways to sterilize the populations of the world, including America. He said they do more, more covertly in America because they're better educated to country like India. And he suggested bringing down uh, the populations through injections and various means of putting like hormones and so on in their foods to alter them, sterilize them, and in their water as well. And here he is, Paul Ehrlich and Arne Ehrlich, still, still at it, these two Eichmanns here, uh, September the 25th, 2009 from New scientist, global population growth has slowed significantly, but it hasn't stopped. By 2050, there may be about 35% more people on Earth than there are already. And remember, too, the UN's told them all to blitz and terrify the public and really exaggerate. So that you, this is one of these articles. We're already seeing increasing shortages of food. No, we're not. No, we're not. They put the farms under and the big agribusinesses now control the food and use it as a weapon, as the UN said they would. 
water and other resources. Well, you know, in South Africa, you have to pay for their water now. As I said, they went, they went into democracy, went right through the other end to find out it didn't exist, and that the big international corporations own their country. That's the reality of it. The new fuel system. So I'll put this link up too with Paul Ehrlich giving his spiel on it uh, to many of you, basically. Uh, not of his own creed and his own particular class and scientific bent, you might say, and any other kind of bent. But um, I'll put these links up for you to see and you can take it from there. Uh, these guys never stop. But remember, Holdren helped write that book um, uh, uh, that really uh, put it all out there on behalf of Paul Ehrlich and Anne Ehrlich. He wrote the darn book, The Science Czar of the U.S., the, the advisor to Obama on all scientific matters. We should all tough these guys out because they're dangerous. They are dangerous, dangerous people. They should not be in government. They should be getting appointed to government positions. They've already made it clear where they stand on things, and they are radically fanatical about their beliefs and their agenda. Eco-science was the book. Try and get hold of it and see what Mr. Holdren really believes. I don't think Obama doesn't know. You know, Pravda had an article in the paper talking about, isn't it strange that America's gone all the way into Marxism now? Even though it's been a failure everywhere else, they say, here they are, America's going all the way through into Marxism. Well, that's not, that's not a coincidence because, you see, under their theory, and they really believe that this is a science, you must eventually go through a Marxist phase to come out into the new globalist society, the new type of human, the new type of society. That's why it's happening now. It's time now. It's time for change, as I keep telling you. And all the simpletons out there didn't ask, what does he mean by change? Just say, oh, change is good, change is good. Like, ah, 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 change is good. Like a parrot. Orwellians, Orwell's sheep said the same thing. Four legs good, two legs bad. Until the pig changed it, and he said, two legs good, four legs bad. And he said the same darn thing. That's what people do with slogans. They don't think. They're airheads. Airheads completely. That's it for tonight, folks. So from Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God, all your gods, go with you.